Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Merry Christmas, Bond fans. Now I'm Tom Pickup and this is the 2022 Really 007 Christmas Special entitled James Bond's A Christmas Carol. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Yeah, we're getting weirder. If you've never listened to the show before, then listen to another episode first. (laughs) Not an entry point. So, yeah, we've got all but one of the regular contributors. We've got my brothers, Matt and Harry, with me tonight. Hello. Season's greetings, I should say. Mm. And remember, it is Christmas, so... Yeah. (laughs) Please, please stick to the theme. We've also got John Kell, licensed to Kell. Merry Christmas! <laughs> That's the thing. And we've got Chris Goldwyn as well. <laughs> gold, quite Christmassy. Yeah. A lot of gold in the Bond series as well. Five goldy rings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've said it before, there's a character called Goldie Finger in, is it in the James Bond Jr. cartoon? It might be, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah, and it's is it the son or the nephew of? It's usually nephew. For some yeah, reason. nephew. Yeah, <laughs> younger generation. Yeah, an odd job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. as kids like. Dear, I mean that's a bit unrealistic having someone so closely related to Bond as a nephew. Mind <laughs> yeah. a daughter. And a... Anyway, right. <laughs> <laughs> different universe. So it's my dear old nephew Goldyfinger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas Carol link. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you don't have a working <laughs> knowledge of a Christmas Carol, you might struggle tonight. <laughs> anyway, without Rob and with also without any wags, it's a bit of a lighter Christmas special. Mm. So we will make up for it, I'm sure, with good jest, good cheer. But as one, we're going to now take our first look into James Bond's past, present, and future. James Bond was at home in his London apartment, sitting by the fire, when he saw something that his eyes could not quite believe. An apparition of his old employer, right in front of him. 
I know him. Cubby's ghost. He looked just as Bond had remembered him, with flowing white hair, sunglasses, and a chunky cigar. I wear the chain you have forged in life. It was as full as this five long films ago. Bond stared at Mr. Broccoli in disbelief. But you were always a good man of business, Cubby. My films generated billions at the box office. Business? Saving mankind should have been our business. You're to be visited by three ghosts. Expect the first at noon. Could I not take them all at once and have them over with? How can you ask that when each of your films takes years to make? So yes, Secret Santa, a fairly new Christmas tradition, I think. Is it quite American? I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a workplace thing, isn't it? That mm-hmm. started it. And we're going to do one this evening. We've enjoyed opening our Christmas presents, our own Christmas presents with our families and everything. You know, there's one left for each of us. I've got them all here in uh, Santa's sack. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to take them out of that sack and distribute them evenly, crisp and even brightly Mm. to us all. (laughs) Now, Santa himself, as I say, he's, he's handed me these six gifts to present to each of us. In fact, I've got one here for math. So I've got a, a Christmas present. Oh. oh, oh wow! What what is it? <laughs> it's a signed copy. I I uh, think of the uh, the Blu-ray of No Time to Die, or is it? It might be the screenplay. I think it's the screenplay. <laughs> yeah, a signed copy of the screenplay, written by Neil Purvis, Robert Wade, and Kerry Fukunaga. <laughs> no Phoebe Waller Bridge, or as um, James King said on the the podcasts before it came out, Phoebe Waller Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> But it's been signed. Look at this. Uh, I'm not quite sure who who Rami Malek you can see. But what a what a fantastic gift! <laughs> what a fantastic screenplay! Yeah, <laughs> rather have that than Inspir- yeah, inspirational. You know, if 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 I'm struggling when writing, it's always good to pick up a a, a screenplay that you really revere. Yeah. So this ticks Read some ticks those those boxes. You're a you're a screenwriter as well, aren't you, Matthew? In some respects, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not to the same extent as this. Oh, and oh, yeah. So, <laughs> I was going to say, neither of the people who wrote this film. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to have a have a good old. Matt, could you have a quick look at it? Have a, just yeah. slides from it if you can find some. Yeah, I can. Let's have a look. Oh, I'll skip ahead of the, the first little bit. Uh, how's the view, Bond says to Madeline. Madeline smiling. It's growing on me. Beat. Can you go faster, Bond? We don't need to go faster. We have all the time in the world. Whoa. Amazing. <laughs> That's unbelievable. So original. Does <laughs> it say yeah. original screenplay in the front? <laughs> Adapted screenplay uh, nominations, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> and then, I mean, and then we go on to, you know, all the um, the, the stuff with the silly secrets and such. Uh, Madeline, je t'aime. <laughs> Bond says je t'aime back. Even though we know she's French, we can understand what she means. Hmm. Mm. Quite a clever line, though. Yeah, it's uh, quite rare. Is, is it quite rare in uh, Craig's Bond films to see him speaking another language? Even though we regularly see, do we see Bonds? I yeah, well, Brosnan famously spoke German, didn't he, to the Avis? Yeah, lady. yeah. and some Danish. <clears throat> yeah, uh, Craig's Craig speaks. He says about Mickey Mouse. So, like, who the hell are you, Inspector, in an Italian? Oh, in yeah. Italian language. That's true. Yeah, the, the good old days. <laughs> yeah. Well. No, I'm, I'm pleased. I'm I'm pleased with that. Well, I'll come round to the next presents. I've got one for you, Harry. Here. Oh, I'm ready for it. Quite large. 
Oh. <laughs> It'd take you a while to get it out of the sun. <laughs> Lengthways. Whoa, that's fantastic. Oh. Whoa. Does it come Thank like- you. Secret Santa, this is oh. unreal. Oh, and it answers a question. Wow. So so for the listeners, I've received from Secret Santa crocodile submarine from <laughs> Octopussy that he, he drives around Monsoon Palace in. <laughs> drives. Um, he, he swims around in. But, <laughs> and on the box, it's got a picture of Roger wearing it, as we know from the film. But now that I've unboxed it, we have the answer to our question because I remember in our review, one of the theories, well, or suggestions was, is he standing up in it vertically? And it's just his head at the top. <laughs> Which was a way of imagining it I'd never thought of before. But I can tell you guys it is, like I mentioned, it's lengthways. It, it, it's definitely lying supine and head forwards. Wow. Mm. I, I might, is it, it, I don't know, it might be quite boring for you to watch. Is it all right if I try and get in? <laughs> yeah. I need some kind of bath that's big enough to make it work? Or Maybe, yeah, actually. I'll just, I'll just go and run a bath. It, it looks it looks pretty snug, Harry. It might be a, a good way to save some energy this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is my new bed. Yeah, absolutely. A bit like a car boot. There's a thing to, to keep the, the jaw open. <laughs> oh, yeah, a prop. Yeah, yeah. A bit like on the DB5. Yeah, your the video that you... There was two, wasn't there, on the DB5? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've watched it. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Harry. <laughs> um, I am gonna have a go at getting in, if that's all right. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah. we'll crack on while you while you're doing that, Harry. But we, we, you know, we must rush through these presents here now. And I have got one for John. There you go, John. Oh, bless your heart. Oh my word, <laughs> dear me. Oh, oh I, I, can you just give me five minutes? Is that? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, for the for the benefit of the listeners, I have a copy. I sincerely hope it's signed by Professor Joe Butcher. The secrets of Gone Power revealed. Somebody, Secret Santa, obviously rang five 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 love and uh, <laughs> and subscribed. This is really going to help me. I'm not sure what with yet, but um, yeah, thank you so much. I think last year I got Rogers Rogers sunglasses. So I think Secret Santa understood my frustration of last year and has really upped his game this year. So thank you. Well, I don't notice that the the lady on the cover is wearing the same necklace that, that Professor Joe wears as well. I don't know. <sighs> that's part of the, you know, the aura that you get once you you've yeah. Covered the secret. Is it is it cone or gone? Oh, that font is quite misleading. Ooh. But then she's got the cone around her neck, and she's in a triangle. That is a very fair point. Wow. It's the same sea as secrets. It's yeah, cone. It's cone. Cone, cone power. Ah, <laughs> oh. both work. So yeah. Well, I'm, I'm even more excited to read it now. Dear me. <laughs> I, I I I don't really know what else to say with that because I might get a bit yeah overexcited. The front Tell cover me. is beautiful. Yeah. Tell me, child, have you ever considered studying here? Or... <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Joe, it's really you. <laughs> Chris, you haven't had yours yet, have you? No. Let's see what Santa's brought you. All oh, right, yes, I think I've got it here. <laughs> Not what Nick Nat's got in his hand. It's... Oh, right, okay, that's misleading. What, yeah, what he's holding in his tiny hands. Yeah. Is it a Guinness and Black? It is, it is a Guinness and Black. Oh, lovely. With some oysters. <laughs> can't see any t- I can't see any Tabasco on there, though. 
No. <laughs> oh, no. That's lovely. That What a perfect Christmas present, though. Yeah. Does knickknack come with it? Or is it just, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> just the drinks? Well, he's a, an extra pair of hands on Christmas Day is always helps. <laughs> <laughs> you mean Molly? <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm really pleased with that. It's delicious but refreshing festive drink. Well, it will be now because I'll be drinking it on. On, on Christmas Day, uh, but I'm really pleased. Yeah, but seafood is quite interesting. You know, I might ditch the prawn uh, cocktail starter. And we'll just go for uh, the oysters. Lovely. Thank you very much. And I, I've I've got one, and I'm just taking it out now of the of Santa's sack. <laughs> oh, wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. Whatever is not that. Got me the whatever it is. <laughs> That was a game changer, wasn't it, really, for Q Branch? And... Does it say on the box what its uses are or what the benefits <laughs> are of having smart blood? It doesn't, no. It's just oh. it's very slick packaging, as you might imagine, mm. and a very empty inside. <laughs> it's like an Amazon <laughs> delivery box. It's just a really big box and a tiny little vial in the middle. <laughs> Now, we'd is, have to bring you, I think, to find out what on earth or how I do this. And... Is the purpose of smart, smart blood to like microchip you so people know where you are? Yeah, yeah. So same as in so, yeah. so, so like a vaccine, as some people would argue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that is it not a bit of a stupid thing though for a spy, a globe-trotting spy, <laughs> to have something inside them which? Essentially, lets you know where they are. <laughs> right into the wrong hands. At least. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, they're, they're pretty shocking at letting things get into the wrong hands. So, yeah. uh... <laughs> do you have to get you know go on dialysis or something to, to keep it sort of topped up? Because uh, we replace our blood cells all the time, don't we? So he's be kind of working it out. And obviously, he's constantly bleeding, isn't he? So he must be losing yeah. percentage with each fight. You know, so yeah, don't yeah. be happy with that, Tom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what? I, I am afraid of needles. I have to admit, and I'm a bit scared. I'm more scared of blood tests. So I think this is going to be horrible for me. But I, I need to get over my my fears, and I think smart blood is the best way of getting. Who <laughs> <laughs> will have control of? Will Jennifer be the one who'll be tracking? Well, I don't. You know. Or is it the person who gave the gift, the secret Santa? So I don't know who they are, so it's going to be a mystery. Yeah, so, yeah, that's that's quite... Yeah, actually, isn't it? Yeah. It's quite unpleasant, yeah. Mm. Unless Santa himself is... <laughs> yeah, to see whether you've been naughty or nice. <laughs> <laughs> we do have one more gift. I'll let John accept it on Rob's behalf. There's, there is, of course, a gift for Rob here. Do you want me to react as I think Rob would, or...? I, I, yeah, I think you. I think you could. I, I mean, I don't. I don't know what it is yet. I've not opened it yet. So here you go. Frosting. It's the end of James Bond. They put him in a. Him. <laughs> <laughs> this is my Bond. My Bond, who I loved for forty years, and then they binned him. They binned Mathis. Uh, for anyone who didn't know, it's Mathis in a bin. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't. I don't think it is, John. I think it's. It's more specific than that. I think it's. It's Mathis's wallet. Oh, he didn't. He just bit him. He need the money as well. We're supposed to have an aspirational bond. I hope. I hope you like that, Rob. We will mm. send that first post to you. So yes. <laughs> right. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed their their gifts, mm. their secret Santas. Can I get out the crocodile now? <laughs> <laughs>
How, in fact, how was it? Just tell us about it. It's good in here. It's just, it's, there's not much space for uh, manoeuvre with my arms and legs. <laughs> and um, I'm, I have to put my head and chin forward in this constant <laughs> position, which isn't ideal. I think I need a, a poo, and I don't know what to do. <laughs> but other than that, I, I don't see any enemies ever knowing where I am. <laughs> They'd never detect me. It's always brilliant, though. It's great stuff. Thank you, Secret Santa. I'm, not, I'm really happy with this. Brilliant. I'm going to get out now, though, but thank you. We must now turn back and see how uh, James Bond's getting on with his Christmas carol, where I believe that 007 is awaiting the first spectre. Oh. <laughs> not the film. <laughs> Bond had almost forgotten the visit of the ghost of Cubby when he awoke in his bed. He felt at ease, as if he'd imagined the whole thing. He decided that he would make a coffee from his overly complicated machine provided by Q. But then he saw the light breaking through into his bedroom. There before him stood another ghost. I am the ghost of James Bond past. Long past? No, your past. The Fleming past? No. For the sake of this journey, we're only really covering the Eon films from 1962 to date. Now, rise and walk with me. Well, I'm an early riser myself. The spirit then took Bond back to where it all began, Pinewood. Bond watched on as a six-foot-four dark-haired Scottish man flirted with the secretary, traded terse words with M before being given his mission. You uh, recollect this? Asked the spirit. I could walk it blindfold. Cried Bond. Strange to have forgotten it for so many years, no? Observed the ghost. They walked out to the sets where they saw the greatest creations from Ken Adam and Peter Lamont. The Spectre briefing room, Fort Knox, Blofeld's volcano lair, Octopussy's bed, and... The Ice Palace. Let us see another Christmas, Bond. Christmas Jones? No, another Christmas time. Well, I did say that Christmas came more than once a year. Bond was then transported to another time, where he was in a huge wheelchair on Lake Como with a lovely lady. Yes, I remember her. Her name was the same as the password for that briefcase thing. She was rather lovely, wasn't she? Look, Bond. Keep looking. The spirit then showed him the true nature of Vesper's betrayal, that she was forced into her situation and that he shouldn't hold it against her. The bitch is dead. No, James. Forgive her now and mean it. Don't wait to forgive her again after you've used your friend as a human shield. Don't... Wait until you meet someone else and blame them for your own issues with Vesper. Oh, spirit, show me no more. Yes, that's what the audience were demanding. Leave me. Haunt me no longer. Who? Me or her? You said a bit about James Bond's past. And I don't know about you, but it's got me all feeling warm and festive inside. It's really got me excited for those... Those old Bond films, those cozy Christmas viewing Bond films. Mm. 
So I, I just wondered, just while we're around the fire and everything, if anyone wants to reminisce about one or two of their favourite moments in the franchise. I don't know whether you've you've thought of any or you some immediately spring to mind. I don't, I don't know whether I sh- should turn to you, Harry, first. I've, I've had a series of Sunday afternoons recently and one was kind of following Maths Stag do where I was feeling a bit tender and the other one is when it's been foggy outside and just the only thing I've craved to go with my roast dinner has been a James Bond film because nothing... Nobody does it better, do they, than uh, oh. James Bond on a Sunday afternoon putting on a film. It's the decision, Nate. You know, I, I rarely get around to even watching one, but just thinking about which one you'd want mm. to put on is such a fun exercise. Like fantasizing about watching From Russia with Love on an afternoon, you know, that you, you, you chill out and you just slowly take that one and you really admire it as a film and all the the choices to make it tense and to make it thrilling. But then there are times when you want nothing more than a a man with a golden gun. Mm. Um, And it's just, it's amazing the way that they, throughout the decades, were able to produce such a variety of films. And it's a phrase we've used a lot where there's really something for everyone, something for every mood. And I think it might have been possibly in a previous Christmas Special, well, maybe not, but where Rob described them as the warm jumper that you put on, mm, yeah. and I think that's what they made, isn't it? O- o- over these decades, that they-, they made Bond into a a real comfort escapism that was comfortable and just made you so happy. There are times when, when we were brothers, when uh, we had them all recorded, and you'd watch them on an afternoon, a Sunday afternoon, and or you know, like a a Saturday afternoon when there was no berry match. It fills it fills those gaps, it fills those voids and those and it sort of makes you forget that Monday's coming, which is just such such a wonderful feeling. So that's just my general thought on yeah. growing up watching Bond means to me. Well you mentioned there from Rush with Love, and I know that Chris has finally now showed it to Ernie and I I just wanted to, to ask you about that and what, what his reaction to it was. It was one that he'd he'd asked to, to... To see a couple on a couple of times, a couple of occasions, um, given that he sort of backtracked from uh, saying Octopus was his favourite, and then went to say that Doctor No is in fact his favourite film. Wow. So watching that with him was quite interesting. Wow. Uh, he it was quite mixed. I think you know there was some of it he was really engaged with, and then some of it I think you know because it is it's pretty plot heavy. Mm. Um, but yeah, he, he he loved the he sat engaged watching it all, which is. That's good. impressive, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so it was just—it's just not—it's just not, not on the excitement level. It's not Moonraker, yeah. You know, it's not. It isn't Octopussy. So it's—it's it's, it's just that a um, yeah. And I think it's amazing that a film that old can hold the attention of an eight-year-old boy. Can I ask what is how he received the the, the fight on the train? Was that something that a, mm-hmm. a young lad would watch on the edge of his seat, or was it too much? Was it too aggressive? He found it a bit, not too aggressive. He found it a bit too tense. Like yeah. obviously, in the back of his mind, he thought, "Oh, well, James Bond's going to get out of this." But when he's on his knees, and yeah. you know, Red Grant is such a formidable kind of villain, an opponent to, to Bond that he, he was just the, the tension was a bit too much at times for him. He was just like, you know, what's going to happen next? You know, he knows they're going to have a fight, but he was he was pretty uh, he was pretty tense there for a, for a bit. It's, it's true, isn't it? That a lot of the enjoyment of watching Bond as a kid is that how is he going to get out of this situation hmm. even though you know he will do some of it's scary I remember the 
Doctor No, the Tarantula. Even that was, mm. wasn't it? As kids. Now that might be seen as a bit silly, you know. That of course, he's not going to die because of a tarantula, but it was really scary. And yeah. On your, your fears and your phobias. But is it, so has anybody else seen it? Harry, did you get around to watching a Bond film? Or you just. No, um, I'm just at that stage where I'm absolutely desperate to, but I'm just so busy looking after children and doing things that I don't mm. get my. My children are too young to be interested. It would only be for my gain, and I just can't quite get round to it. But as sad as it sounds, I'd really get excited just thinking about which one I would watch. And I know that sounds really frustrating almost, but it's it's lovely to imagine those, the choices that you've got and the moods that, you, that you're after. Mm. And just you mentioning the tarantula then made me think part of the charm as well as, as a cha- when, you watch, when we watch them as children is those ones that have animals in, mm. those yeah. ones that have... <laughs> Something as small as a spider, but then you know <clears throat> that huge. Almost, I, I don't think it's an anaconda, but the one in Moonraker. You know, animals like yeah. that going mm. into the pool, and you know you've got those very shark pools. That is what you want to watch as a child, and yeah, and you know you've obviously got the live and let die crocodiles that he's stepping across. Those moments just live completely in your head uh, and in your heart forever. They're indelible. They're they're, they're amazing. And uh, animals, you know, something I think we might have mentioned recently, haven't quite featured so much yeah. recently. And they're, they're such a they're such a powerful weapon, genuinely. And I know John Glenn loved working with them. Um, and in, <laughs> in, <laughs> yeah. he did. He said that. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. That was one of his favourite things. And you know, that might sound oh, that's quite cute and cuddly, but I think as a plot device mm. and as a uh, in terms of action and adventure. What threats animals pose, and for Bond mm. to escape from, because they're not, you know, it, it, yeah, it's, it it relies on, could be a physical escape, it could be a gadget, it could be a weapon. You don't know how he's going to do it, but animals are a part of that James Bond love as a child, and also like really exotic as well. You know, how yeah, you, you know, you never come across that. Half the time, these aren't even in zoos. And I always thought, like as a kid, it's like again you introduced to something that you don't see in a, on a daily mm. basis. Yeah. That's something that Bond always did and did really well. Mm. Yeah. The crocodiles are yes, maybe the odd zoo, but I don't know how many there are in England. But seeing a crocodile or like a group of them like that, yeah, yeah. It's so scary as kids. And I also love that he doesn't he doesn't kill them. So yeah, yeah. You, you weren't like, oh, he's, oh, don't, you know, he's he's a horrible guy. Yes, he had to get rid of the tarantula, fair enough, like that. <laughs> but yeah, with all the others, even in Skyfall, the the Komodo dragons, he doesn't kill, you know, he, he uses yeah. that to his advantage, which it's is great. Really cool. mm. So yeah, it would be it would be good to have a return to to animals if if you listen. <laughs> really, you know, there's a lot of lot of more important things that need to be. Well. <laughs> John, what Even, any any sort of big moments have sprung out for you? I mean, maybe what was the last Bond you watched? In fact, so so I I've tried and made a thing of watching the ones that I missed at the cinema. Oh yeah, yeah. And I've not watched them all that frequently, but the two that have really stuck in my mind have been Man with the Gun and Gun and Diamonds Are Forever. And um, ultimately, like for a long time, I you know I've always liked them, but I'd say that they were probably the naturally ones that go lower on my list. But um, as I'm getting older or doing this podcast, let's say, I, I kind of think that lists are getting harder and harder to do because I've, I've really, really appreciated the um, 
Tom Mankiewicz script of especially Diamonds Are Forever. And and to the point, to be honest, I've I've been going back listening to our our review on it just to try and remind me of it because there's something about that film that is so incredibly weird. But <laughs> but yeah, it's so comforting oh. in terms of it's such a it, it does fit into that Sunday afternoon film of I can I can switch my brain off. I can just relax and I feel completely at ease here. Even though it takes a lot to think about what's actually going on, what's yeah. actually happening at the moment. Uh, it's incredibly confusing. Um, <laughs> but I think one of the things that I'm... I just want to talk about Klaus Hergesheimer for a minute, if that's all right. Oh. I, you know... <laughs> I, I, I've really underestimated just how diverse an actor Sean Connery is. Yeah. So, yeah. so we, you know, we we rightly think of Connery as the move like a panther, cold killer, and he is the greatest at it. There is no doubt about it. But, but he's not this in Diamonds Are Forever one bit. He's this guy who like pretends to snog himself on Amsterdam yeah. streets, <laughs> and and. Or pretends to be Klaus Hergesheimer, and mm. that scene is just—I've I, just been really appreciating the comedy of Sean Connery in that scene, in terms of how he just goes in there and just impersonates. Let's be honest, quite a nice guy, really. You know, yeah. he's not—he's not been a guy. He's been very helpful. Seems very <laughs> unassuming, and he just goes and so much so that in the latest. Um, in the latest James Bond uh, book, the one by uh, that came out last year for the 25th film, it puts in the Allies section in Diamonds Are Forever. Klaus Hergesheimer, he's on an Allies. He's in the Allies in it. So, but which I'm not sure if I fully agree with. But but he's a very affable chap, and it's how Connery just goes straight in there and basically becomes the parody version of him. Takes it up to ten in terms of taking those little possible annoyances that he has and then making him so annoying to wind Professor Metz up to the absolute nth degree. And it's like an antagonistic thing, but not not like the antagonistic thing in, say, Goldfinger, where uh, they play golf and every move from Connery is a smarty pants and he's one has head. This is more just like, it's just going full-on impersonation. And... <laughs> I, I've just really appreciated just these light-hearted moments and this bit of fun. I think in the later ones, they've tried to do this in, you know, Inspector in No Time to Die. You get these moments here and there where you get Daniel Craig trying to relax a bit, but he just can't do it. He just can't do it compared to the absolute diversity of Connery, who should never just be put in one box as in that's what he can do. He is an incredibly diverse actor, even as James Bond. I've just really appreciated that. I've really appreciated just being able to just sit back and go, why on earth is there an elephant at a slot machine? <laughs> <laughs> it's psychedelic, but you know yeah. what? I'd rather be there. I'd rather be there at this moment in time. I've usually kind of called myself a bit of a purist, but I'm really far from it these days because I just like, when I watch Bond, I want to, I don't know, I just want to escape. I want to escape from from and switch off 
and that, I think that's probably why I'm really appreciating Diamonds and Man with the Golden Gun a lot more at this oh, moment in yeah. time. We're winning. So good. Great yeah, words, Hamilton. John. <clears throat> yeah, Guy, yeah. Ha- Guy Hamilton, Tom yeah. Lankovitz. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Less action, yeah. more comedy, yeah, and yeah. great dialogue. <laughs> yeah. yeah. More pepper. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they're actually very important, weren't they, going forward? I know, obviously, we love Honor Manchester's, but if you haven't had that sort of big change, you know, more of a nod to humour and the capers and the sort of I don't know <laughs> it, unless you've got that then Roger Moore would have maybe seemed a bit more different mm. for him to start off without diamonds wouldn't it I remember on the review David kept he watched it with you know his husband Anthony in preparation and I don't know whether he'd seen it but he was like sorry what's I don't understand why this is happening <laughs> like it just what was the answer because it's diamonds because, yeah. because <laughs> you know, and all the, like the the elephants at the slot machine, and Clarice Hergesheimer. Why, why, why is Bond driving like a moon buggy? Yeah, why, I love that. Why are they in slow motion? <laughs> yeah, why are the astronauts in slow motion? Yeah, yeah. keeping up the act to yeah, yeah incredible Blast. lengths. Yeah, Blast. That, I mean, I that's think... the one that's been put back to me. I'm desperate to watch it again. I, yeah. I do think, I know some people found it a little bit annoying. I don't know the name of his character, The Professor in No Time to Die. Oh, well, but but that was <clears throat> obviously not executed as well. No. But it was so. It was nice to have Agreed. a sidestep from the central characters, someone who offered something a bit daft, some lighter relief. And they didn't get it right in every in every scene, but I felt a lot of relief when when he was first introduced to the film, because that was something that's never been done in mm. um, the, the the Craig films. And I do think it's wise to have those characters in. And then it's up to you how daft you make them, really. But, the, the, you know, you've got set pieces that are memorable in Bond, but you have characters that are memorable as well. And it's really, it's really important to drop those into the films. <clears throat> and again, perhaps not everyone, but quite regularly, you want to attach certain characters to certain missions and certain stories. Um, and I think that was a, a good attempt in uh, No Time to Die. He had that scene, didn't he, where uh, right at the beginning with Hugh Dennis, you know, mm. and, and obviously that that reminds me of uh, Superman Three. You know, go, go, <laughs> Gus. Here we go. The workers, you know, <clears throat> at the start when he's trying to make the money for what's his name, the main the main baddie. I've got his name now, Robert Vaughan. Yeah, and he discovers him that he's always a bit of a genius. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Pamela Stevenson and all that weird, you know, banter and all that. So yeah, we got there. Anyway, yes, <laughs> Math. What have you seen any <laughs> Bond films since the cinematic run ended? Uh, yes, oh. The Living Daylights and No Time to Die. <laughs> <laughs> from the sublime to the ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> well, from a spy thriller to an unrealistic. Anyway, right. Go yeah. on. <laughs> how, how did you how did you find them, Math? One. Wasn't as good as I'd remembered, and one was uh, just even better than I than I than I thought. Yeah. <clears throat> <Good>. So, <laughs> just just to, just to put some, uh, no time to die. The good bits weren't as good as I remembered. Oh, no. uh, there was more wrong with it than I remembered. I'm not saying it's absolutely all doom and gloom. There are there are some there are some good things in there still, but I found it very. I was very frustrated watching it this time. Normally, I'm, I'm sort of, you know, well, I've only watched it twice at cinema, but like, 
you know, entertained to an extent, but then like, oh, I know this is coming, but I don't know. I found it w weaker and I don't know. But yeah, yeah, there, there were some, there, there, it's not all, it's not all bad. Uh, but The Living Daylights is just one of the greatest films ever made. Mm -hmm. um, you know, more and more, I'm, you know, I know it's been said before by others and by us, uh, not jumping the gun to the Ghost of Christmas Future, but really, yeah, that's that's your template, or that that is a blooming good template to to look at for a, launching a new Bond film without it being a reboot or a, you know, or a back um, an origin story. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you know, nice to see. And this isn't just a Craig bashing type thing, but it, you know, it's in terms of like what the priorities are, but. It's nice to see an actor playing Bond who it doesn't look like they're trying to promote a, a suit range or, you know, to be on the front cover of GQ magazine or anything like Timothy Dalton's so far removed from that. Mm. You know, have you watched No Time to Die quite soon, quite recently before that? It was quite a refreshing change to have none of, absolutely none of that. No pretense. Um, <clears throat> no, no. So, yeah, I mean, it was quite interesting to have watched both of them. I do actually think... Chris asked me on Sunday what what are Bond films that that you, you'd watch on Christmas Day or that are Christmassy or <coughs> Love because it. that's an, that's an interesting question and you know one in terms of and I think I think it's like I think you'd pick from your usual what are the best what are the good ones to watch on a Sunday afternoon but yeah. because you've got more of a, potentially more family there you might want mm. one that's a bit more even more appealing to the masses and one that you feel safe in so. Goldfinger, yeah. maybe the spy who loved yeah. me, maybe Moonraker, but you know there might be a few, <laughs> yeah. noses turned up um, at that. Does a view to a kill fit? Uh, possibly a view to a kill. I was actually thinking. I'm not sure John Glenn's are quite as much, you know, in that same. <laughs> mm. But yeah, maybe, yeah, a view to a kill to an extent. Maybe Octopussy. Um, you only live Golden twice. Eyes. Golden you only, Eye. You only maybe Golden Eye, but it's it's a bit sexyful. I think, I think, <laughs> yeah. I think it's. I think possibly only Sean or Roger for Christmas Day. Maybe that's just a. Yeah. That's just something I. On you know Christmas Day with the family. Mm. So whatever dies. Yeah, possibly, but it doesn't. Yeah. I, even though I really like it and it's comforting and everything, I I want that. I want that warm feeling, mm, that yeah, traditional yeah. feeling that you know <laughs> yeah. childhood. Well, linked to that, I think the, the one things that the one thing, sorry, that Goldeneye and Tomorrow Never Dies do have in their favour is the link, the childhood link to merchandise and the ch childhood link to yeah. memorabilia yeah. and yeah, games. Yeah. You know, there are there are things that aren't Christmassy about Goldeneye the film, mm -hmm. but there's a lot yeah. of Christmasiness about the package about yeah, the, yeah, no, you're absolutely, absolutely right. Yeah, Never Die is quite Christmassy. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Real people will die. Right. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the game and everything. No, you're, oh. you're right. You're right. There is a Chris, but whether I'd want to watch it, you know, with Ian Pickup and Judy mm. Pickup on. Mm. Yeah, maybe. even James. Maybe. Would yeah. you agree that? Would you agree that Honor Majesty's Secret Service is a Christmas Eve film? Yes. Yeah, I, I'd say more a lesser Christmas Day film, more wow. at, around Christmas, you know, but not. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a, you know, it's not an easy watch at times. I yeah, I agree. It's absolutely brilliant. But we watched so, it. Yeah, we, but maybe yeah. Like 28th, 29th, something like that. Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah, you came over to mine and we watched it. Very, very cozy. That's amazing. Very Christmassy. Heck. <laughs> what about you, Tom? What about you? What, what, do you well, think... I, 
I've not seen any since um, I watched the final one on the big screen, No Time to Die. But I have been thinking about diamonds nearly every day since then. And I've been You've been dreaming of us, you know. That's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're all they're all feeling a bit Christmassy those ones to be now, because I think we did our Mam Mam the Golden Gun review once at like seventh, twenty eighth of December. Yeah, lockdown Christmas, Christmas, yeah. Christmas and it was it was getting very cozy and very exciting. So all all of those, you're absolutely right. Those are the ones I'll I would love to watch one with a group fairly soon. I think that's that's, yeah. my, that's my new thing, you know. It it will be lovely watching them on the small screen again and just sort of having them in that atmosphere where you can relax a bit. Oh. I mean, it, it was amazing, obviously, watching them at the cinema. Mm. But it, they were like one-offs where that evening you were completely engrossed and dedicated. Yeah. In fact, the whole week, you know, leading, you know, afterwards as well, was just dedicated to loving that film. But this is this is just a question of sitting with some friends, have a you know lovely cup of tea or mm. oh Tom, just some Tom. yeah <laughs> Christmas snacks, some Dear old me. wine and just just tuck into some pure yeah I, yeah. I, I think Roger or Sean I think it's slippers on the slippers yeah. are on oh. Yeah. I think for your eyes only as well. I just want to mention that film because oh. uh, I just I just feel. I know John Why, will. I know John. No, will, I love uh, it. No, but you know, you, it's a bit like Olivier Giroud. You know, if everyone says <laughs> yeah. he's underrated, then he can't yeah. be underrated. But <laughs> but I think it is underrated. It is. No one talks. <laughs> no one talks about. No one talks Giroud. About Bibi, but no. Giroud's still banging him in, mate. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Thierry Henry now. They're still there. Yeah. 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 Well, that you know. I you know how much I'm obsessed and champion for your eyes only. I don't know if Christmas will be the time. <laughs> it's quite because it's Mediterranean. It's quite summery. Yeah, but yeah. no, there's, there's there's skiing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cortina. Yeah. 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 You're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. yeah oh no. Oh wow. We're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> the ice skating. We've got all that to look forward yeah. to. Yeah. My word. In fact, they have um, <clears throat> blue vine, don't they? They do. Yeah. They do. Oh, they do. Yeah. Luigi. And yeah. Mark. No, and also Locke is very crisply with in his when he's in his leather thing with his furry hat. He's yeah, you know he has his leather gloves and uh, <laughs> Christmas on his, yeah. uh, on his on his Wow, it's absolutely the most Christmasy. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas Day, ITV after King's Speech. <laughs> just been served with the finest wine from Scaramanga's cellar. Oh. We've also feasted on the finest Bondian turkey. Die another day. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Can I have an extra thick slice? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seconds, please. Yeah. Yeah. Totally dry. <laughs> we've, also, we've also had some, some exquisite game which was shot by Sir Hugo Drax himself yeah. and, uh, and lovingly prepared by Chang. <laughs> well, for some reason, but yeah. But now it is time for another festive tradition, the opening of Christmas crackers, which... Math, do they do that in America? It's another one of these. Is it a very British? I'm not sure. I've never seen it in any American in Christmas film no. or... Well, anyway, we, we've got crackers for everybody here, and I'm just going to pass them around. So, 
I don't know whether John and Harry, if you want to open the first one here, no, just and then we'll we'll find out what's inside. There's also trivia, yeah. Okay. Or or a fact or a joke. Oh, okay, fair enough. Well, you pretend has <laughs> won the jewel. I will send them the message. Okay. So do you want us to pretend <laughs> now? <laughs> Should we just grab it by the shaft and pull it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, you're not shy, eh? <laughs> oh, pardon. Yeah. Funny, <laughs> <laughs> Thomas. Yeah. If Harry and John open the first one and... Oh. 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 <laughs> Splashed on complete. <laughs> well, who's, who, have, you, have you won that one, John? Yes, I did. I made the most noise. Well done, John. You read the joke then. Go on. You, you read the joke to us if you can find it in there. <laughs> what does Bond's doorbell sound like? <laughs> Um... <laughs> Very good, one, yeah. <laughs> Might be better than the answer, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> These are Christmas cracker jokes, remember? They're not. Yeah. Um, come on. Is there some kind of pun on ding dong? Oh, yeah. Well, go, go, just, just say it, John, if you. If you... Dong. Ding dong. Quite <laughs> 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 right, good. Yeah. <laughs> Did you, did songs, you... Bond songs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> John, I don't know whether you... Is there a gift in there as well? Oh, there is. What is it? It is the Moonraker Space Laser. Oh, oh. So you one... these crackers from the 007 yeah. store? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is very good because there was rumours that uh, Secret Santa was about to give Tom one of these for his present. Um, right, oh. But he ended up with smart blood, so. Oh, good. All right. So, <laughs> All right. I get this. Everyone's a winner. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, if Matt and Chris want to open the, well, try and have a what do you call? Do you call it a jewel? I don't. <laughs> a, a bonded okay. scarabine jewel over a Christmas card. Yeah. <laughs> Ready? Ready? <laughs> okay. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I lost. <laughs> right. Well, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, we'll. Uh, We'll just Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you. Want the joke first, Maths? Yeah, whatever I can, whatever I can find. For, I'm just rustling yep. through. I've put the yep. party hat to one side. You want to read the joke out? OMG, guys! You won't believe this, but James Bond just came into the bar I work at and ordered a drink. I'm literally shaking right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Right. Well, do, do you want to give Chris the present? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Chris, yeah. there you go. So you go. I think this is yeah. This is, it's inside a cracker. This doesn't it? Oh wow! Yeah, just just what I <laughs> wanted. A, a uh, it's a it's a it's a camera. Right. Well, what uh, what kind of camera is it though? It's uh, one of those cameras that you put a bulb in. You know those very oh, old-fashioned wow. ones, and uh, you put a little strip of film in, and you have to mm. you know pull the negative off and stuff. So it's quite old-timey. It's cool. Really like it. Mm. Um, yeah, at least it doesn't run out of batteries. Just need to find some bulbs. Can the bulbs be used as a weapon? Yeah, can they be, be yes. smashed into his face? <laughs> well, yeah. was it in a bomb film? That's the whole point. Of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in Doctor Now. Oh, right, okay. Right. Is it that uh, same one? Amazing. It's that same one. Oh, wow. Mm. Is that donated by Marguerite? Mm -hmm. Yes, well, that might that might have happened, actually, isn't it? It's, it's a good companion gadget to the the huge, we call it the radio in Skyfall. A compact, a compact uh. piece of 
equipment from Q. One extreme to the other. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> something unnecessarily small and something unnecessarily large. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are we still talking about the... Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Math and John, do you want to open the next one? Okay. Oh, Math, I think you won. Yeah. Right. Well, don't know my own strength. I can have the gift this time. Okay. There you go. The gift. Gift. Oh, wonderful! It's the little uh, radio piece that um, that Bond gets to listen into uh, Kamal Khan and all off oh, the uh, inside, yes. you know, from the bit that's inside the Fabergé egg. Um, yeah, but, yeah. Oh, yeah. Q so lovingly gives him from his like shaking old hands. Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, really good. I'll just have to decide, have to decide where to um, you know who to listen in on. Was it mm. any use? Do you, do you need the Fabergé egg, or do you need do you need something else with it? I can't remember. Yeah, the thing maybe that inserted into the wholesome yeah, carriage. I think I might do. Yeah, I might contact the suppliers of the crackers to see yeah. if they, uh, you know, yeah, send it back to the suppliers. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, then I suppose we'll, Chris, if you want to read the joke, if there, if there is one there, it's John. Oh, sorry, was it John? All right, mm-hmm. yeah. it was. Yeah. Okay. Hang on. Go on. <laughs> My Australian friend asked me to go to see the new James Bond. I said, no time to die. He replied, we can go tomorrow then. (laughs) (laughs) No time to die. We can go tomorrow then. Very good. Cracking stuff. Yeah. Right, so who who hasn't had a duel then? Chris and Harry. Oh, Chris and Harry as well. Right, Chris and Harry, go for it. Let's have it. No. Pop! Oh no! (laughs) There's 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 some uh, Halle Berry, Pierce Brosnan noises going on here. (laughs) Right. Well, who do you you want the facts? I'll give if you if you read out the facts. It's not a joke this time, Chris. I don't think. Right. Well, he says Pierce Brosnan was the deadliest Bond in Goldeneye alone. He ended forty-seven lives. In contrast, Roger Moore only. does away with one person in the Man with the Golden Gun. Yeah. Mm. The film with the lowest Bond kill count. Yeah. Yeah. There's a film yeah. for everyone. Yeah. Mm. There was, there's a lot of machine gun slaughter isn't there, in some of the. Yeah. Like... yeah. It's a bit commando at times, isn't it? Yeah. AK 47 is going absolutely mm. wild. Yeah. yeah. Give me a jewel dressed up as yourself as a wax model. <laughs> 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 right. Well. Harry, then, do you want to open the... Is that all right? Yeah, of course you can. Yeah, I know you've you besotted with your crocodile, but... Yeah, yeah, I'm just looking at it now. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. There you go. Oh, oh, fantastic. That's great. It's um the engraved bullet with the code 007 oh. uh, engraved in, into yeah, just it. just a word of warning. I mean, maybe wash your hands, Harry, after you've... <laughs> I don't want to tell you where we got it from. Sorry, quick, quick, <laughs> quick sniff. Quick sniff it. test. Yeah. yeah, it's the real thing. It's the real thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a very brown film, though, isn't it, famously? The <laughs> yes, it is, it is. Oh, no, that's Don't great. Thank you. Don't lose No, it. thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I was able to open that one. That's really something worth keeping. Right. It's a Dettol, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, it's not 007, sorry, upside down. It says Lou. <laughs> <laughs> Right, well, who 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 wants to open the last one? I think there's one more there. Do you not want to open it, Tom, or...? 
Okay, yeah, I can jump. Does that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll open it with John. Yeah. All right, we'll pick John. Right, it. Tom's John. Oh, yeah, you've won, Tom. I've won. All right. Well, what I have here is a is a fact this time. Hmm? Pierce Brosnan approached Kevin McClory whilst Timothy Dalton was still Bond to try and film another version of Thunderball. There you go. Wow. Mm. Whoa. That's mm. naughty, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit naughty. I'm not, I'm not sure. Yet another version. Just... <laughs> <laughs> and Oliver Stone then got in touch and wanted to do a, an uncut version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> John, if you if you want to open the gift, you can have that. You know, so. Go on. Oh, wow. It is Sir Robert King's lapel pen. Oh. oh yeah. I hope it's the normal one and not the booby trapped one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is, yeah, it's a beautiful right. it's a beautiful thing, isn't it? No, it's very it's very elegant it looking. It the is detail on it. You can see there the family insignia and the it, mm. it almost looks quite Lord of the Ringsy, doesn't it? Very Lord of the Ringsy with the knots and the has, leaves on it. Some kind been, of elvish on it. Has that been regifted yeah. from M? Because of course, uh, Electra gives gives it as a gift to M. Yeah, very true. Mm. Very yeah, in the true. rounds, yeah. It's but doing the, the, rounds. the the booby trap is the most complicated thing. You know, it yeah, reacted yeah. with the magnesium on your fingers, yeah. which then... <laughs> there's like a, a slice of explosion in the yeah. back note. Yeah, King, the money. Yeah. Oh, it's, uh, it's just so done, good. It's not done the same thing as Skyfall, is it? That the bit of shrapnel is the bit they used to track down. Probably, yeah. <laughs> if in doubt, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Go back to the classics. Go back to yeah. the perfect yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Write about what you know. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Write about what you wrote. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I think I think that's everything. In fact, no, actually, yeah. I found another joke. It must have been must have been accidentally put in as well. But there's just one more joke here I can I can read out if you want. Yeah. It says here, Jay's bond is laid off and at the job centre. There are only two jobs available, one in a call centre and the other in a fabric colouring plant. Huh? said Bond. You expect me to talk? <laughs> no, Mr Bond, by the interview. <laughs> I expect you to die. <laughs> right. Well, I hope you enjoyed those. That was a great. Yeah, very good. Very festive. But, uh, yeah, right. We will now go to a section that I re- it seems like years since we've done a, a quiz with John. Oh, wow. wow. Cue the music. Yeah. Not really review films anymore, did he? No. <laughs> As I did, I did a bit of research today. There are 10 James Bond films that actually mention the word Christmas in them. Mm, yeah yeah 10 james bond films some are incredibly obscure so what i want to do is i will say the film and it is the first person to just shout out the quote that they remember from the film right okay if you do it in an accent that is always appreciated you'll get two points if you get it right if no one knows it i will then give a clue by saying who said it and then if you get it, it's one point from that basically you saying the answer and that's your buzzer so I just need to be listening out to it mm. so, the answer with the quotes you just answer the, the quote just the quote I'll give you the film and you just answer the quote okay just the facts man yeah just yeah. the facts okay on Her Majesty's Secret Service Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Uh, is it Mr Bond oh hey it, it, 
It's 007, but I'll give no. you that, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas, oh, 007. Yes. <laughs> That's 1 0 to Tom. Okay. I just write that down so I know who said who got late for one. Okay. No time to die. Uh, the the gag the that Sam Rogers has on his T-shirt. None of us are just for Christmas. None of us are just for Christmas. Oh man! Uh, yeah. Tom with the assist. Yeah, Matt Stalling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Give that. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Moonraker. I think I know what it is, but I can't remember the quote. That's, uh, is it? I don't oh, know. one for the kids, for the grandkids. No. Q. Oh, you're so close, Harry. Mm. It's it's Roger who says it to Q. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Wonderful the poison pen that is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't really. I can't give. I can't give a clue really for it because uh, you know. It's, mm. So the the quote is very novel. Q. We must get them in the stores for Christmas. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Very crisp stores. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> stores. Yeah. Okay. Next one. The Living Daylights. I completely yeah. forgot. I completely forgot about this one. Oh, it will light up like Christmas tree. Yes! Oh, very good. <laughs> yes, Tom. Oh. Sorry, Julie. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Granddad. What <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell? <laughs> Skyfall. Not exactly Christmas, is it? <laughs> yes, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. Matt's seen it so many times. Yeah, Matt's, it's Matt's film, though. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think the trickiest one out of all of them, Quantum of Solace. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Pressure on me to get this. Goodness me. Yeah. Tom's. Oh, oh no. Is it M? I, says it? it is. It is M who says it to Bond. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how you pulled that out? <laughs> so is it? Is it in the snow at the end? <laughs> no. No, it's not. No. It's not her talking about strawberry fields, is it? It's not. No. I. It's her talking about the guy at the beginning who's actually a bodyguard, but he's actually a secret agent for Quantum. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Chris. Yeah, when he when Bond walks in, like, oh hi Craig, or you know, Craig. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, hi, yeah. hi Neil, like, oh yeah. well, well he's gonna. All right, well. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna tell you the court. I have no recollection until I heard it today. I found this and three other bloody Christmas presents I bought him around the house. What? It's what when about? she they go searching his house for evidence, and she, I found this and three other bloody Christmas presents I bought him around the mm. house. 
So I, well, that's an obscure one. Yeah. Okay. Did you have to watch Quantum of Solace to find that quote? No, <laughs> I did a bit of internet research. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Diamonds are forever. I know that one, but I can't remember the quote we had. Yeah, again, it's you. Is it's to do with the coin? For, these, for the chat for the grand the grandchildren this Christmas or something. Oh, Tom's so like close. That. That's, I mean, it's sci-fi that that machine where you can speak to somebody else's voice. Is it about that? It's tape record. It is. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly that. You 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 nearly you pretty much said it to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> is that Tom Siri going going? Yeah, yeah. Go on, um, you have to say, John. It, not, not a bit of it. Made one of these for the kids last Christmas. Yeah. Oh. Right, there are two more. Oh. And the first one is the one that everybody wants. Spectre. Bond and Blofeld have some Christmases together. Yeah. In, is, is, it? <laughs> yeah. is that genuinely what it is? No. Okay. No. Is it Q again or M? Or... It, it is Q again, yes. yes. Is it when he's getting his little cocktail thing? Uh, <laughs> yes, it is, Chris. His glory that... of 2.0. Yeah. Whoa. Remember that. Need to see it again, though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Get the double meaning. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I don't some know. stuff that you didn't see. I, I, I know it's round that bit, but I just can't yeah. think of the, the quote. Sorry. And the fact M wants my balls for Christmas decorations. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I vaguely remember that. So, three of the Craig era yeah, got Christmas references, yeah. Uh, the last four Daniel Craig films have all mentioned Christmas. Amazing. <laughs> 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 season. That's it. He, you know. Yeah. Maybe maybe we he's uh, he's more into the family stuff than we give him credit yeah. for, you know. Yeah. And the final one for the points: the world is not enough. And I thought I don't need Christmas jokes. I don't need Christmas jokes. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I've always wanted a turkey and Christmas. You could have yes. either one. Yeah, yeah. Have, yeah. Oh, cr yeah. Christmas oh, in Christ Turkey. Christmas in Turkey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, that was. I think who was it? You said it first. That one was it, Matt? Who said the? Uh, the ropey oh, Christmas. Christmas. Was it Harry? Yeah. Uh, no. It's very important between who said it first between Maff and Harry because at the moment. Oh, no, no, sorry, apologise. There's actually one more and I've completely forgot about oh. it. Oh. There is one reference in From Russia with Love. To do with the attache case, is it? Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Probably one of us has watched this very recently. I know. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? Something terrible to want this yeah. Christmas or something, isn't it? Or is it selling in the shops or something? Uh, in the stores. Stores, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> me. I'll just go and wake up early and see if you know. <laughs> it's a. Uh, that's. Do you want me to tell you? Oh, it's yeah. a nasty little Christmas. Absolutely, oh, well Chris. Done. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. So it turns out that with three answers to Tom's one, Harry's one, and Chris's one, Math is the winner of the Christmas quiz. Well, well done. done. There we go. I'm, I think that's great. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's far more references than yeah. I uh, yeah, yeah. in my mind. It's amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. There we go. Brilliant. Thank you, John. No John. worries. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you.
<laughs> we'll see how James Bond is getting on, you know, in the, in the Christmas presents, in the here and now. <laughs> oh. Yeah, interesting. Bond awoke again when the bell tolled one, and this time there was a friendlier spirit awaiting him. I'm the ghost of James Bond present. Us fans are celebrating 60 years of your character. Come in and know me better, man. The Spectre then transported Bond to the Royal Albert Hall. Hundreds of fans from all over the world had gathered to celebrate the franchise and listen to the wonderful music from the 60 years. They were wearing dinner jackets, cocktail dresses, Jim Fanning bow ties and octopusy robes. They were discussing things like what if Tim had done a third film? Why did Hip and his nieces drive off and leave Bond at the karate school? And should Surrender have been the main song for Tomorrow Never Dies? Bond looked at them with judgement. They should be working, not having fun. They were watching the same DVDs and playing the same old GoldenEye game on the Nintendo 64, but all had beaming smiles on their faces. Why are they so happy? Wouldn't they be better off with a £7,000 Bollinger Jeroboam or a £2,200 vulcanised fibrewood check-in trolley case from the 007 store? Then a young Bond fan spoke up to the rest of the party. Go, go bless us, every Bond fan. Bond looked perturbed as he did not see many like this boy. Tell me, spirit, will these young Bond fans live? I see vacant seats in the multiplexes. If these shadows remain unaltered by the future, these young fans in the franchise will die. Show me no more! No, we need more Bond films as soon as possible. In terms of Bond's present with us, how are we feeling? <laughs> how, how is No Time to Die sitting with us? Because that is still our presence, I'm afraid. It's sitting like uh, the Brussels sprouts are in my uh, stomach. It's, uh, <laughs> getting a bit, getting a bit smelly in here now. <laughs> How have you? I've I've it? only seen it once at the cinema. Um, I've tried. We've had, you know we've had a few episodes recently where it's come up, and I've tried to refrain from talking about it because it's not productive. Anything I've got to say about it at the moment, I still, I still find it. <clears throat> I still, I'm still quite cross at the way it made me feel. I really don't like the motivation for it. I think, you know, you can forgive a film a lot of things if if its heart's right, <clears throat> but the the big obstacle and the big hurdle for me to get over is why they made the choices they did, why they made the decisions they did. You know, something can improve on you over time if you discover more and more positive things about it, and you know, you discover good reasons why such and such happened but I just think the longer it goes on the the like I say the motivations behind it get uglier and more arrogant and I, I don't I don't like I, I could honestly just I, I, I've just I don't <laughs> want to be too negative <laughs> um, um, and it's 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 I, I just think you know the suggestion of it being a masterpiece it's so un it's so full of holes and it's not well put together it's polished, but it's a turd. It's, <laughs> no, it's, I agree. And <laughs> I just, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, 
All right. I don't know. Yeah, move on. Move. I, I, it's. It's. I don't. I, I don't <clears throat> even want to listen to the soundtrack because that will make me cross. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and I love Hans Zimmer, and I listen to lots of his soundtracks. But again, the motivation, the decisions made, aren't pleasant in my in my eyes, and they're not from a good heart at all. Just in terms of Bond presence, Tom, if you if you will allow me to, obviously yeah. I mentioned that I'd watched No, no Time Again again recently, and I do think yeah, there are one or two, there are some good things in it, but overall, I, I really it, I don't know if I felt more. Not, you know, because I'm not wasn't shocked or anything, of course, but more I'd like, actually, this isn't that great. But, you know, speaking to people, John, were you with me, um, with my mate Ben, who's, yeah. you know, he, yeah. he's not a massive Bond fan, but he was saying that, you know, he thought, you know, there was some, maybe some rubbish bits in it, but he thought, you know, actually, pretty, you know, he enjoyed a lot of it and he enjoyed a lot of the action. I think, in some ways, it's a lot more for your non-Bond fans than yeah. for your your typical bond fans yeah mm. um and i also think we're in this weird period now where i think broccoli and wilson thought that this this send-off for daniel would be such an amazing thing that everyone would embrace and you know would want to continue to drink it in for years to come before they even had to think about the future mm. whereas the people the people who've liked it aren't the ones who are particularly bothered about what's the next bond going to be or yeah. or whatever yeah. so we're in this weird place now where daniel craig is still sort of bond he's still you know like i don't know he's still being interviewed asked about it you know you've got that hideous uh vodka advert where i don't know you know he, he's in that advert because he's james bond you wouldn't get i don't know you wouldn't get like someone else doing that i can't you know, I'm mm-hmm. trying yeah. to think of an equivalent. And his behaviour and actions in it, I think, are linked to being yes, they cast are. as James Bond, aren't they? It's, it's, they are. And he's he, he, free of it, though. That yeah, yeah. At well, last, yeah. He, he, he is now one of the most powerful actors in, in Hollywood. He can almost demand any role he wants. He can crap out any performance and people will say he's good or he's game. He's not, he's not the same actor as he was be- before Bond. He's not. No. I don't know. He, he still thinks he's a character actor, whereas I don't think the parts that he plays are, you know, they're sort of him doing an impersonation of some. Uh, anyway, yeah, so what I'm trying to say is, in terms of Bond present, we're in a very strange situation that we've never been in before. We've never had a Bond have, mm. a Bond actor have like a send off and have a period of, well, either mourning or celebration or, you know, mm. eulogy or whatever. It's it's so strange because in the past it's been right. What's next? Do we continue with this actor or do we go yeah. down someone else? But the main thing is we make another film, mm-hmm. and e- even even die another day to Casino Royale. That that was the phase that we were in. You know, even the limbo of License to Kill to Goldeneye. There were legal wranglings, but it was like right. You know, Tennessee, are you gonna? Yeah, but it just it just seems to be nothing at the moment. And and that's the depressing thing that why we're still talking about No Time to Die. Is that because ultimately we're still talking about this this Christmas? Is because the tragedy is there is no change from the situation a year on. Yeah, and really, the conversation shouldn't be about how we feel about No Time to Die. The conversation should really be about what our thoughts are on the big 60th anniversary announcements <clears throat> of where the where the franchise is going. But we haven't got that, so so we're basically still talking about no time to die and that in itself is just tragic it really is well well you you did mention there 
the the 60th anniversary that's that's still in the present technically mm. it, it is weird because there's a there's a, a load of references to old bond films in no time to die but it was meant to come out in 2019 it wasn't meant to be an anniversary film I, and i know it's because it was his last film and some have said oh it was the 25th film but i don't really buy that but we're in we're in this sort of state where when we're celebrating the 60th anniversary we're almost saying well not no time to die that isn't really part of it we're we're celebrating all the great films over these years, not when Bond died, are we? But to be, I mean, what we got, we got, we got those concerts in London. So, by all accounts, they were brilliant. Everyone who mm. went to them, yeah. Obviously, very, very few Bond fans would be able to get a ticket for them, so they they've not been able to share in on that. And then the documentary about the sound of 007. Now, we the, both of those were on Amazon, so people can see them, thankfully, but. Not everyone has Amazon. It's not like ITV, is it? Yeah. The main thing, the best thing that we've had is this for the 60th year is having them all on at the cinema, and they barely advertised it. Mm. So it, there's a the the amount of people and other people I've spoken to, other Bond fans who've said, "Oh, my mate would have. He didn't know they were on. He would have come. Yeah, he would have come to that. She would have come." And it was only at the last because they're only on once a week. They've missed it. I mean, you can't. You can't do them all on all the time, can you? I think once a week is a very, very good way of doing it because it lasts mm. six months. It was so good, wasn't it? Just to look forward to the next one each week at the cinema. You know that that will stay with us for the rest of our lives, particularly mm. the ones that that we never got to see as children because they hadn't come out yet. But sorry, they'd already come out at the cinema. That's been something that James Bond presence has done well. Yeah. It's been amazing for that, and like you say, that new memories being made, and you're making new associations with the franchise, having seen them on the big screen. That's important for keeping it fresh in minds and keeping the power of it going. I think that was a great thing to enjoy in the 60th year. A great thing, and it's just a shame that you know, there wasn't a big advertising campaign in the build-up to it and during it, even involving the press. You know, getting the press or critics to to revisit mm. these films. Mm. Um, it was just. I seem to remember it was just like, whoa, Doctor No, because it's the 60th year, you can go and see it. Like, that would be great. And then I remember you, Tom, like, oh, the next week they're showing, whoa. And then you just, it, you kept going, oh, they're showing them all. It, you kind of stumbled across it, didn't it? And it's, yeah. You, yeah. you've had all these amazing things. It just, I th I d it's like, um, I don't know if it's because of the delay with No Time to Die, but it seems like they had a schedule for releasing things, but then because No Time to Die got knocked back, they're just their own... The, the campaigns and the schedules up in the air and they'll, they've got it all scheduled to be released but they're not going to make a big song and dance out of it <clears throat> in terms of them advertising it um, the only time I saw it advertised well was before the Bond films you know that, that yeah. <laughs> 60s. now it might be because I wasn't really going to the cinema outside of that but I, I think I must have done a couple of times and I don't remember seeing the Bond 60th anniversary did anybody no. Can anybody remember I mean, that would have been amazing. Yeah, or just a billboard advert that stayed there for yeah. a long yeah. period saying, you know, 60 years, catch them all at the cinema yeah, every Saturday. Yeah, May to October yeah. or something. And it's great. It was great. It would have been great for View and for um, Odeon mm. as well, yeah. for them to attach themselves yeah. to it. It's a real missed opportunity. But you could add, you know, that perhaps added a slight bit of intrigue to them. You know, it was a bit more... Not secret cinema, but it was a bit more, you know, oh, I'm sneaking off to this more private event that only a few people yeah. are in the know about. But I think really it should have been almost a national celebration and a, a real thing to get, <clears throat> particularly in our country, people back in the cinema. Mm. Yeah. 
I, I think I've got to say it. I think whilst the big screen was brilliant, I think they've really dropped a ball this year massively. Fiftieth uh, year was Skyfall, and there was massive celebrations with it. Fortieth year was Die Another Day, and there was massive celebrations with that. And it's not just it, it's not just the film. It was this. It was the events that went with it. And this year, the events that have happened look amazing. But I've got to say that they're all organised by David Arnold, and I think yeah. like and I think David Arnold, legend, fair play to him, good on him. But why is a man who hasn't composed a scut a soundtrack since two thousand and eight having to hold all these events mm. together? Yeah. Why is he having to be the one to carry the can? And that's not a criticism of David Arnold. I'm so glad he has done it. But the producers have mm. just not been interested, and it's it's tragic. They've not been interested mm. this year for one way or another, and I don't understand it. And I don't know whether this is part of it as well. I was really disappointed at the Oscars because all at the Oscars we had three some three extreme sportsmen or something, like Tony Hawk or whatever he's called. <laughs> Tony Hawk. Yeah. Just presented this short Tony segment Hawksman. with a with a with a with a you know, and then with a with a montage in that. And then that was it. Why didn't we have some you know, because I think I think we said like mm. Judy Dench was there, Javier Bardem was there. They were in the audience. Could they not even have done even that? But more than that, what they should have been doing was Barbara, Michael should have been up there. Yeah. Daniel, Craig, Pierce Brosnan, Timothy Dalton, George Lazenby should have been there. Yeah. It should have been, you know, because in terms of cinema, that is a, yeah, and, and, a seminal. You know. Yeah, it's not just a, a milestone either. This is a huge achievement to have kept a franchise going for yeah. sixty years. No, Absolutely. no, no, no one, no other franchise, no other industry, or you know, um, production company can can brag or boast about that. They should be so unbelievably proud to have kept this going for sixty years. It's almost like they've taken themselves for granted and take. Well, I think they've taken a lot of things for granted actually in the last year and year or two. Yeah, um, for, for me, it seems like it really represents where we are, which is very lacklustre. It's just like, it just felt like it was by the... It's like, oh, well, we're going to have to do something, so what's the minimum we can do? Let's just send them out. Someone send their DVD copy out to the cinemas and they can just put them on. Mm. It just felt like it was the bare minimum. You know, the concert, like say, was, was by someone else. There was nothing to uh, that really celebrated it, not only... Is a you know an important piece within sort of filmmaking or culturally, you know something to be proud of. And like mm. say, the, the, the series going on, there was just nothing. It just felt like it could have been any year. The, the only thing that made it stand out is that the film was released. Yeah. It was you know you could have done the, the, all that to, to, to support the release of a new film. Yeah, it yeah. didn't for me. It didn't feel special enough to be the 60th anniversary. Mm. Uh, like I said, there's, there's so much they could have done, and I just feel like that. I don't know. Like the heart isn't in it anymore. I don't know. If you remember with Dino the Day, they had like a, I think it was an ITV, a thing. Mm. Yeah. Michael Parkinson. Yeah. With, with a, you know, an all star <laughs> audience. But look, like Timothy Dalton was there. I think George Lazenby was there. Yeah. Roger Moore was there. They had them all chatting to them all. This is on prime time, going through all the reasons why we love it. And they had performance. I think Shirley Bassey did a, a song. Yeah. Yeah. No, that. As if the prime time audience, for people who were casual Bond fans, they had run. I think they had rundowns, didn't they? Like the best Bond songs, best Bond. Mm. Yeah, it's like it's like four years. You know, we're not going to get many more opportunities to do this with everyone alive, are we? You know, no. Seventy and seventy-five years is quite a long time now. 
So it's, it is a missed opportunity. It's a bit like a marriage where, you know, like, the, yes, they, they love each yeah. other. The producers like the franchise, but the romance is gone. The the effort. Yeah. They've stopped making the effort. I think, and, I think, <laughs> I think it's, I personally think it's, it's a, a bit too much obsession with the present and thinking that yeah. the current film and the current films and Daniel Craig's portrayal is just so good that, that that's all that's important mm. rather than celebrating the whole thing, looking at the past and looking at the future. I don't think there's been enough of that. I think there's just been too much. And, you know, they could have done even more with that because I don't know how... They've not been very on the ball <laughs> with even, you know, creating a, a, a like, you know, an arc and everything. But... I do think they've been a bit too upset, you know, and even Barbara says, you know, she's she's still, I don't know, lost in wonder with Daniel. Or, I, that, those aren't her, you know. But, yeah. You know what I mean? I so it, it, it just feels, yeah, it just feels, I don't know. They've they've sort of, they're, they're just uh, so, um, I don't know. I don't know quite the right ad- yeah. adjectives, but yeah. You're right. They're just not celebrate. They're not celebratory enough of the of the franchise. Yeah. If you if you look at the big franchise in the world, they're pretty much all American based. And then you think that you know you've got a few in England. You got sort of like Harry Potter and stuff. But the longevity of Bond is genuinely a jewel in a British crown. Oh yeah. And and that's why, that's why. Um, you know, when it comes to the Olympics, we have James Bond and get with the Queen. Yeah. That's why we do stuff at 40th year, 50th year. If you get to 60 years of marriage, you get a letter from the, you get a letter from, well, it'd be the King now. So it, it shows, like, it shows the importance of this anniversary in, in marriage terms. It's, it's massive, but for, it's been a complete afterthought. Yeah. For for this, and it's been horrendous. Mm. It's been like so. So I listen. I'm 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 a massive steelbook nerd. Love all that stuff. I saw the the Doctor No 60th anniversary steelbook and went weak at the knees and said to my wife, "That's what I want for Christmas. Please can you buy it?" And it was only after when I looked at it that there's well, hang on a minute. There's no additional. There's no additional material on it, and. It's not a 4K upgrade. It's exactly the same copy that are being released for all of them. That's just the case that's different. It's just the case. Yeah. That <laughs> is the sole thing. Definitely. They've not, they've not even brought out a 4K upgrade. Now, they might do, but we're getting towards Christmas and we haven't heard any announcement yet, so it's looking highly unlikely. The other thing with it being 60 years and the you know the cinema, uh, releasing the cinema, is it's not just a chance to look back, but you could actually gain... A, a much wider, bigger fan base. You could, you could, yeah. it could have grown enormously mm. with like those occasional families we saw in the cinema where generations are introducing it to each other and it's being passed on, it's being passed forward and being celebrated. You know, with, with the right minds and the right sort of youth and vigor promoting it or whoever's needed to look at it like that. You know, what, what a big year it was for looking backwards, but for looking forwards as well. Yeah. 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 This is all this is without a film being made. Mm. They're doing mm. nothing else at the moment. We have the 20th anniversary Harry Potter thing where they got all the actors together and chatting about it. On Sky, was it? Yeah. They, but they could have done something like that, couldn't they? All the all the people who play Bond, get them all back chatting how mm. they play Bond. Yeah, how can you imagine? There's so many things they could have done. You're absolutely right. I think they're too focused on the present, even though Daniel Cray is meant to have moved on. He was promoting some... Amiga, yeah, watch, watch it, it. Yeah. as Bond, as Bond, yeah. 
So it, it's <laughs> that weird situation where do we class him still as Bond? Because you know, you, technically Timothy Dalton was Bond until '94, wasn't he? Really? It, it, what he he was always he was still mm. in contract. He would have yeah. been Bond when he was. You're Bond until someone replaces yeah. you. Yeah. <clears throat> but the fact that he's dead and he. he <laughs> yeah. I don't. I, I know you've got to have someone who's represented the franchise, but that's all the more reason they should have immediately. They should have already had somebody cast as soon as that film came out. If it was done on a business sense, but it is this wanting to give him his lap of honour, isn't it? Mm. That's now. It's absolutely the biggest lap of honour that has ever been in. Let's see how James Bond is getting on with the third ghost. (laughs) (laughs) When the final spirit approached Bond, he felt a sudden chill. It was ill-formed, faceless, and covered in darkness. Am I in the presence of the ghost of James Bond future? The spirit answered not, but pointed downward to show him what was yet to come. I fear you more than any other spectre I have had on my shoulder, and I include that one with my stepbrother. The ghost then took Bond to a deserted island with some rather impressive blast doors. Suddenly, a few people appeared and started muttering to each other. Here, when did he die? 2002. One answered until another corrected him. No, no, it was, it, it was yesterday, I believe. Why? What was the matter with him? Did he not want to live? I thought he'd never die. Bond knew these people, but did not know which dead man they referred to. They then visited that same group of fans he had seen earlier. There were fewer of them, and there were only older ones left at the table. Where is the young boy who loved me so much? Tell me he lived. The fans were tearful and said to each other, Why did... why did he have to die? He he could have saved himself. But one was insistent. He didn't die. He's now a detective with a funny accent, solving mysteries in closed locations. He's Hercule Poirot. No, Benoit Blanc. Same person. The spirit then took Bond to an even more fearful place. They travelled the long road through the borders into Scotland, arriving at a large country estate. The two looked outside the chapel on the grounds, where there stood three graves. Bond saw the names on each. Andrew Bond, Monica Delacroix Bond, and he stopped. Before I draw nearer to that stone to which you point, answer me one question. Are these the shadows of the things that will be, or are they shadows of things that may be? The spirit pointed to the third name, and Bond saw that it was that of his own. No, spirit, no. Why show me this? Am I past all hope? I know I killed a character, but he can be reborn. They've done reboots before. There have been six different actors. More if you include the other Casino Royales and Bob Holness on the radio. They didn't all have the same backstory. Judy Dench was the same M, even though I'd suddenly become younger and more inexperienced. Oh, and she died. M can always return. Tell me things can change. I will honour James Bond in my heart and try to keep it all the year. I will live in the past, present and future. I will not shut out the lessons that you teach me. This episode is in support of the British Red Cross. Disasters and emergencies can strike at any time, 
and anywhere. With millions of volunteers across 192 countries, the British Red Cross is part of a movement that's there for people as soon as a crisis happens. Your support means they can reach anyone, anywhere, with the help they need to get through it. For example, in the UK, when an emergency like a flood hits, your support means the British Red Cross is there to give the all-important emotional support people often need. Help organize cleanups and provide them with food and fresh water. And as conflict in Ukraine tears lives apart, your support means the Red Cross movement has reached over 5 million people so far, helping families evacuate, providing medical assistance, and giving a warm meal and a listening ear for people to talk about their experiences. But without the kind of people who support the British Red Cross, their work wouldn't happen. You make what the Red Cross do possible. It starts with you. So, support the British Red Cross at redcross.org.uk. Thank you. We've dwelt on it a bit. Well, it's over a year now since No Time to Die was released, and we've we've had all the screenings, but we haven't done any apparent progress on the future of the franchise, guys. So, looking to the future, James Bond the future, I, dare I ask what you guys would do, because we know that the producers won't do that. <laughs> Whatever you want, they won't do it. But I, no. I know Harry has been one for each film recently has made you love the, the one before even more. Because it's like, oh heck, it's yeah. Appreciate love. Love is a strong word. Yeah, but well, yes, it it, it makes the it makes the one before it look better. Yeah, and you like worry, they're on downward trend basically. Yeah, you worry that's going to happen again. Well, like you mentioned, you know, we're in a unique period now. We, you know, as a group, we're messaging each other all the time with ideas and theories and fantasies of where we want this to go. This could well be the best it gets because <laughs> our, you know, our dreams haven't been ruined yet. Kind of, you know, at the moment loads of things are possible like we can get excited about it going in different directions get excited about certain casting and get excited about directors and get excited about composers um and this isn't me saying that the future is going to be bad i'm actually saying that this is actually a really exciting period where you can as fans we can kind of come up with our own ideas which you know doesn't happen often it's almost a blank slate and i think i'm mostly on the same side as you guys about wanting immediate replacements immediate next steps but i do i do think considering what happened in no time to die uh, i think what they're trying to do and it might work it probably will work is to create a bit of hunger and make people you know the the, the longer we go without bond the the grander his re-entrance will be kind of i think it might have been and i do think giving daniel craig his lap of honor is the main motivation but it might have been a bit unusual to have something as monumental as James Bond dying and then, right, here's the next James Bond. It might have been a little bit, yeah, yeah. not insensitive, but do you know what I mean? Mm. A little bit. Um, so I can understand them waiting. Fantastic. That was all. Yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, I don't believe what they say when they say, yeah, but, that, you know. When... But also, Harry, sorry, just to interject, I'm not trying to. No, no, it's fine. It, it, the film was done and dusted. I know, yeah. I know, I know. 2019. I know. I know. Or, sorry. I know. But it might be that they've had to reconfigure and rethink after its reception, or it might be that they do have a plan all along. We, we, 
we, we just don't know and I'm trying to see the, the positive side of it. I've said before that, you know, there's a worry that things will just keep getting worse and actually, you know, James Bond being a secret agent who's, you know, allowed to hold a gun was really good in the Daniel Craig year. All these things might get slowly taken away. You've no idea. But I'm trying to see it more positively at the moment. I get excited when people are rumoured to be cast. And this is, you know, that's quite an exciting period as a fan, isn't it? When there's rumours and when the, it gives you the chance to talk and it gives you the chance to to imagine. Because once, you know, once, uh, once Bond is cast, that's it quite rightly for a while before you won't be able to have these discussions for a long time after that. Um, so it's, it's just something to, for a bit of enjoyment to engage in conversations, I think. Something that you'll laugh, but the, the elephant boy, Sion, said that he, when he was filming with Roger Moore, he still thought he was the same. Yeah, yeah. Quick, right, next one, next one. By the time it got to Thailand, it was still, oh, it's still Sean Connery. Hang on, what's going on? You've gone from that to a world where all the franchises are doing TV shows like Marvel, what, three or four films a year. Mm. I mean, I think that's too much, but they've obviously got bigger properties and loads mm. of characters, so it's slightly different. But that's the norm now, where you've got all this going on, and the franchise we love the most is just doing less than ever. Moribund. Yeah. Because <laughs> Star Wars, we've got the TV series and everything, and... yeah. The fans have really engaged with that. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not saying we do a TV series, but that Chris, that was something you mentioned a bit ago. I don't know. That was that was t- that was TV adaptations of the, the, the yeah, original yeah. novels, you know, set in, you know, having someone like Play, a streaming service, yeah. you know, <laughs> buy it and, and, and do that. I feel that the at the moment, like this 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 constant hesitation to announce anything, it makes me think that one, they don't have a plan at all. Or the pressure to replicate the past few films and how big it was is, is just so much. It's like they need to get it right. Yeah. And um, I just think that, uh, that that it's all, obviously, casting is the key because, you know, depending on who you cast, has a huge impact on the tone of the films, you know, on, on the direction of the films, which is what obviously they should have been doing for, for you know, had that short list. Um, for, for, for a while now, but at the same time, I know they're not sat around, you know, coming up with new ideas for, for plot and say, right, okay, well, what if we do carry on with sort of Daniel Craig S. Bond? These are the sort of stories that we could plan out, you know, for the next, you know, four or five films, or maybe if he's actually maybe more like a sort of Roger Moore or a Pierce Brosnan. Now, the, again, this is well, totally, this is the shift we could do. I just don't see them doing that at all. And I do think that, I, I don't know, I, I don't know if they've sort of bottled it and just thought, well, once we cast someone, we'll just know w- what we're doing and we'll figure it out as we did la- last time. And the issue, problem with that is that, as we've seen, there's been no prop planning wow. in terms of the story arc uh, in, in the last few films, um, which is which is fine. It, you know, it was a huge success, wasn't it, for them? And I suppose, you know, this is there's a lot, on them to 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 get it right and it to be you know a billion dollar you know hit time and time again and obviously no time to die didn't quite hit the same you know uh, heights as you know as as the previous films but you know it still made a, a lot of money and I I don't know if they still kind of can't, can't get past you know Daniel Craig and that is an issue and it's quite clear I think to anyone whether you like Daniel Craig or not that they are kind of 
stuck on him. Yeah, and certainly invested in him as an as a person and an actor. Hence the sort of co-producer credit and the fact that they co you know produces other artistic ventures. I, I just think that they need to sort of just yeah get on. But I think Harry's right. I think there is <clears throat> there is something to be said about you know having a long enough gap to get people excited. But in the meantime, you still need to be kind of, you know, doing stuff to promote it. And that's what the yeah. anniversary should have been. It's like it's, it's yeah. part of the public consciousness and, you know, in like in, introducing new people to it, you know, and just saying, look, we've got 25 films. There's something for everyone here, you know. And, and, yeah. and it's that that I find really frustrating. I just feel that, uh, say, as a, as, a, as a sort of, I can't think of, there's, there's few series that have had such a cultural impact on the world and everything around it. Everyone knows this character. Everyone knows his, what he does, what he drinks, you know, what he drives, mm. you know, it's just, I, 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 it's, it's frustrating to, to, to see it. And you see it all the time in things like what they sell on the 007 store, which is just absolutely bonkers, you know, 20, 30,000 pound coins, you know, bowler hats, you know, that are like three grand. It's just, <laughs> It's it's I, I just don't I just can't quite get my head around what 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 they're doing. But you know I, I I'll happily be I'd love to be proven wrong, and for them to to, to cast someone who is interesting, <clears throat> and and for them for, for the next series to to carry on, and for us to hit you know the seventieth anniversary with them still making films. I, I, I would I genuinely love that. I mean I think I would still want them to be set now. I have to say all the other Bond films have been good in a way because mm. they reflect the times mm -hmm. and the escapist at the same time i think as soon as you start making it a period piece mm. it almost becomes oh did you notice that we'd got the right detail there and or did you like the would you yeah they won't they, they will, they'll, they'll never do because like you say the spin-offs and tv series of dilute you know yeah and, so to speak but yeah I, I was just thinking that you you would do you know because the novels have been you know there's still a little bit a bit of flesh on the bone of each novel <laughs> isn't it they haven't used in something i just thought it'd be wouldn't it be really interesting to have a because how, how many how many adaptations of the novels are actually true to it you know even dr no they made a lot of changes didn't they so um i i just thought it would, it would be a really interesting exercise to do something so you've got the cinematic, you know, and then you've got the sort of the novelized, novelizational, yeah. you know, kind of world. Because mm. the new ones should be original adventures, shouldn't they? Now, yeah, oh, I think this. Should, I think you're right. I think they should always reflect the time. I think that's what's what's made them work, and what makes them so fascinating when you go back and watch, you know, something that's set in the late '60s or the early '80s. One of my fears is that they won't do original stories, and in fact, they they will redo some of them. Please, as <sighs> which is you know. What some cinema goes like, you know, it's a, you know, the same title. This is Live and Let Die, but this is, you know, this is recast. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, no. I the other fear is that the next one will be called James Bond, or will be called 007 and it will be <laughs> yeah, about him. Yeah. Genuinely, I mean, yeah, the, the, yeah, I, yeah, I have I all these fears, yeah. and like I say, I've got all the, you know, there are so many things to be excited about. Ultimately, I don't know how much faith I've got that my dreams will come true. You just don't know. There's no sense of what they're going to do. I think what they believe in. I'm not going to talk about what I think they'll do because I don't want to. It's Christmas, so. <laughs> I, I, but what I want, there's three. There's three Fleming titles left that I think could be usable. One thing you could get, you could get some good, good script writers to base around that. If that's not feasible, 
let's go let's go and do some of the better books better non-fleming books let's start doing some adaptations on that people like anthony horowitz very incredible writers let's get him involved in some screenplaying on adapting some of the books mm. that they've done stuff like that keep it simple people who know bond who and looking at missions away from the character of bond we've done the character study of bond we have to they've said themselves they need to reboot regardless of how you interpret that word and that i i cringe when i hear that word but what i will say is is that it makes you think right we've done this one way we've got to look at it a completely different way that's what i do i just have him straight up open up mission go into m's office debrief like nothing's ever happened. I, to me, I don't think you need to start going into overthinking. This Bond series, if you wanted to start going on about continuity in a Bond series, you could tie yourself in, up in knots from the start. Let's just get on with it. Today and age, I, I, I'd like to see an adaptation on a TV series. They'll never do it for a film because the Bond series is so reliant on uh, product placement. And you can't show the latest smartphone in a 1960s adaptation. So, because the money, the money comes in a lot from that. So, so, so they won't do that, I don't think, unless they're very savvy in how they approach it. I'd get Martin Campbell back as the director because let's just go simple. Let's, you want someone who knows how to do the action. I'm going to say this now. After seeing the rumours, I don't care if he's 90 year old. If John Williams says he wants to do a James Bond score. <laughs> We 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 ask John we ring John Williams up right now and we say John, do you want to do it? If he if, if a ninety year old man says he wants to do it, there's no worry you say about it. Yes, <laughs> you do, don't you? You know, it's like it's like we'd all have John Glenn back right now, but the yeah. reason why John Glenn isn't back is because John Glenn, uh, to quote John Glenn, he's gathering <laughs> dust or gathering moss or whatever he says about it. That's what he said in his interview. But if John Glenn said, you know, if John Glenn came out and said, I want, I want to do the next Bond film, <laughs> Barbara wouldn't go for it. But I'd be like, come on, come on, Glenny, back your cup, <laughs> son, back your cup. But if John Williams says that he wants to do Scott, get him in. Just get him in. Let's just get on with it. You know, the, the rumours about our, uh, Taylor Johnson, fine. That sounds good to me. Um, I've kind of, I'd, I'd love Cavill, won't happen. Just I've had to move on from it. It won't happen. No, I don't. I still hold hope because with the other Bonds, they've always had them in mind before. You know, like Dalton and Lays sorry, Dalton and Brosnan, they were almost cast, weren't they, at several points and they weren't quite ready. And that's why I hold a bit of hope. And he still knows them, doesn't he? He doesn't bat it off. But they didn't but they weren't also having a you know, have a franchise as well. That was the thing, isn't it? Yeah. You know, but didn't have more pressure maybe to be, to get a name in, isn't there? I mean, with, with all respect, if you had someone like, what's his name, Dan, and he said Dan Guest, Dan Stevens <laughs> or Aidan Turner, you know, they, they're good and everything, but they're not They're not going to bring, I don't, do you know what I mean? Hmm. If, you, if but, you're Amazon or whatever, it's, it's there, isn't it? It's true, and it all depends on how much clout Amazon have, how much yeah. of the final say they have, because the... the Broccoli Saltzman way has never been to bring in ready-made superstars. It's to bring, it's to bring in... Brosnan's probably been the most famous in yeah. terms of when they were there. Roger was famous on TV, but he was a TV actor. He wasn't a film star. You know, they, they like the approach of making someone, making someone. And I think that that's why Barbara is so obsessed with Daniel, because she's so emotionally attached that this was her yeah. first one. 
mm. and therefore, you know, this was my first one. In an in attempt, it's what my dad did. You have a lot more than Sean Connery, aren't you? you know, he's been in Hollywood films, and you know, he's won BAFTAs and our friends in the North. And I'm not, I'm not saying it, it was a good find, as in I had, yeah. That, but if if I'd have had much sort of film sense at the time, you would have definitely heard of him. Oh. Sean Connery was just. Just oh, the guy had been in a Disney musical, wasn't he? Really, precisely, precisely. But I, I just don't think the Cabal one will work. I think this, I think Chris is right because of the franchise. He's just he's come out and said he's Superman. He's signed up again. I think the age. I think they have got it dead. I'm not saying it's a big thing to me, but they have got it dead set in their head that they want someone mm. late twenties, early thirties. They have got it dead set because they think if they get that they can get 15 years out of them. I mean, at the end of the day, if someone's 39, you can still get 15 years out of them. Yeah. It depends how much they want to work. But I just think that's what they've got in their head. So if, if we're taking that out, I'd happily go with Taylor Johnson. I just want to crack on. I, I want to crack on. I, I think I think there's an issue at the top, complete speculation. I think Michael G. Wilson will step down soon and his son, Peter G. Wilson, will step up. Uh, and keep it in I have mixed feelings on that Peter G. Wilson's been the associate producer for quite a long time his responsibility was exec producer of the video games and that's gone flat (laughs) so it it might not be his fault I don't know enough about it they will keep it family based but a lot of it will be down to how much pressure and say Amazon have on it that's my thoughts as well they're, they've also been quite silent, haven't they? Yeah, they're in. And also, whether Daniel Daniel Craig might stay attached, he might stay involved. I've got a feeling he's a bit too selfish to. If he's not going to be top dog, he he'll want to be involved with. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I think he'll want to be involved with. He'll want to be the producer for the umpteen Benoit Blanc mysteries that they'll. Be doing well, rather than they might cast him as Blofeld in the uh, the next series. Oh. <laughs> he's related, isn't he? Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I'd be surprised if he stayed on beyond. Did anyone genuinely think we'll know any more this time next year? It's getting ridiculous, isn't it? Now? The thing is, though, we sh- I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and say positive. We sh- when there's when things are being done. When things are being written, scripts are being written, castings being done, we shouldn't know anything. We should be in the dark. We shouldn't know this part of the process. And, you know, through film history, you don't always know until everything's ready to be released. And I don't want things to leak. I don't want little things yeah. to come out here and there. I want, it, I want, I want to have the faith that there, things are going on behind the scenes and what is being kept secret, it's being kept under wraps because they're doing it right they get they're getting things right they're handing over power to the right people it mm. might not be that they're um they first unveil who bond is it might be that they first unveil one of the producers or you know uh something like that and then and then things but we shouldn't know everything certainly not at this stage in my opinion mm. and and you know the, the way film is now with social media and the internet people know too much people fans get yeah, too involved yeah. and then they're never happy with what they get I think it's good for for us not to know everything. Certainly at this stage. I don't know. I know we wanted wanted to be positive, but I am a bit worried. I am worried about the future of the franchise because <laughs> it's been it's been Daniel Craig for what 16, 15, 16 years. Mm. Still That's all modern audiences know. They do, a lot of 
and you know they're competing against some big franchises and they do want to compete with them even though i don't know you know i don't know if they can modern audiences is there a place for bond with modern audiences and in cinemas is there a, is i think there is but i'm just a little bit worried about they've been so obsessed with this current iteration and with daniel craig that you know, to suddenly put someone else's James Bond. Do modern audiences care about James Bond or do they care about, you know, they, they liked Daniel, Daniel Craig. Craig as James Bond, but they've put so many eggs in this basket and not, you know, even with the 60th anniversary stuff that we've been talking about, not in the James Bond basket, mm. that, that I, I am a bit worried that there's a danger, you know, there could be, I mean, I'm, I'm still reasonably confident, but I just think there's a slight danger that that this character of James Bond and this whole world and franchise has lo has lost its place in you know in culture in 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 the film world. It's hard to stay positive when you know Purvis and Wade are still. <laughs> that's pro. that's such yeah. a hammer blow. That is a massive, massive oh, hammer blow. <laughs> why would you? Why? I don't understand why. And again, it's that it's it's quite interesting how um, you know that they measure success in the past few in this recent franchise and it seems to be that the measurement of success is obviously box office but it's not in the same way as i think it had been before when i don't know that it's not down to writing <laughs> oh, oh they've got certainly got a very different idea of what good writing is because they keep hiring that you know these these people every time every film it's like they announce a new writer oh we're bringing back Purvis and Wade who are going to you know that maybe they'll lay the ground and then we'll get some playwright to come in and polish it off <clears throat> but it always comes across as just Purvis and Wade you know, every every single time I just I just I just worry that that if they're sticking with that yeah then what the franchise is now is a success and they'll want to replicate it so it will be like, you know, we might again have another, just a standalone arc like we've basically had, mm. which is what you look at Daniel Craig's film, it's like almost like a separate kind of franchise mm. within the franchise. And I suspect that they might do that. I just cannot imagine them going back and it is, boom, there's James Bond, this is his mission, you know, like, you know, no. Living Daylights or Goldeneye. I just cannot see that happening no. because I don't, in, the, in, no. in their heads, no. that's not what they do now and you know and to be fair you know they've all made money so if that's how you're measuring success that that's what they're going to use they've do, she, she has created a new template for the yeah, Bond but series they didn't successful they didn't use that as their only benchmark when you know they got rid of pierce brosnan because dying of the day had been very successful at the box office but clearly there was a problem there and they yeah. sought to address it the easy thing would have just to do more with him wouldn't yeah it? or go yeah. more darker with him I think I think the main problem with Die Another Day is the the awkwardness of that to, of that uh, tone after nine eleven and and I think that there's a valid point to go right. We need to change and adapt to the times. The problem is is that and I think Casino did that very well. But the problem is is that they've never adapted since. They've been well. They kind of been stuck, but then they've like gone down some kind of cul-de-sac recently where. They're trying to be serious one moment, but actually the stories are as fantastical as some of the Roger Moore stuff, but it's all wrapped up in a serious plot. So it doesn't have the fun 
of the previous films, but it doesn't have the gravitas of the good ones either. It's like it's no man's mm. land where it's in. And I think that that's the problem now is that they've got to work out what is this new bond? Like you mentioned about like the t the, t the, ha the you know having that control over the tone. Where when you watch it, obviously they've been listening, haven't they? In terms of like, well, we need to have you know Daniel Craig is seen as like this dowager bomb, so we need to ref you know address that. So let's give him some jokes. Let's give him something you know uh, you know something that we can all kind of laugh along with. But all it does is like, it remind me of how well that was done in previous films, where you could go from dark and you know gripping yeah. to yeah a funny line or something ridiculous. <laughs> Obviously, Roger Moore's is the is, is the yeah. is the best example of that. But you still got that with Connery, and at times you, you got that with you know with Dalton. You get one extreme mm. to the other, but it's just how it sort of sits within the world that we created. So having him make kind of jokes later on, just I don't know for me, just illustrated that they just don't quite get it you know and, and yeah but you know still trying to be positive oh, ho 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 <laughs> yeah well just to tr try and be positive you know as we say they're in a they're in a sort of a good position in that they completely they can completely reset which they've not mm -hmm. been able to do before there i think there is a good opportunity to make something really good in the spirit of the old ones in a new you know in a new modern way I don't think they should be trying to go head to head with other franchises. I think mm. they should be, um, you know, Mission Impossible isn't trying to compete with anything, you know, uh, it sort of made its own thing in its own wheelhouse, yeah. perhaps stolen, you know, not stolen, but moved ahead of Bond in in a sort of, yeah. in a sort of way. But I don't think there are many. So most action films now are either part of a franchise, like a superhero franchise or something like that, or there are rated films. There are 18 or 15 very violent films where there's, you know, where the guy like John Wick just absolutely batters anyone around him and breaks <laughs> the legs and stuff like that. I don't think, you know, but then you've got the Mission Impossible and I think they're on their own, really. A mm. sort of action film like that that's PG. Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. There is that. No, but, you're right. There's not. That's not many but, at all, is it? Uh, that, that's, you know, that what we want. Uh, Fast and Furious is now a bit outlandish. Like, it's gone silly just, now. I, I think I think there is space there, definitely, if they can get it right, if they can get those unique elements and, you know, get the casting right and get a solid crew and team behind and family behind for the next few years, there is a good opportunity there. Agreed. Come on, boys. So exciting. <laughs> it, it is weird, the sort of drip feed now, because we know so little, any little morsel we can get our hands on is going to be, oh, brilliant, you know. Just, just, you know that that day when we hear the filming, filming began at Pinewood. You know, <laughs> oh, just think how exciting that's going to be. Exactly, it, it will be brilliant. Yeah. So and so, there'll be a picture of Daniel Craig visiting the set and saying that <laughs> the new Bond will be. You'll forget about me, Sean and Roger, when you see this guy. You know, that's what Roger Moore said mm. when he visited the set of Goldeneye. Yeah. Um, that can you imagine that kind of thing? That'll be brilliant. Mm. It's very exciting for Bond to be entering this new period with the the world of fandom and the social media and you know us as a podcast. You know when Casino Royale was launched, there wasn't the same coverage. There wasn't the same no. um, website, wasn't there? That did yeah, that. <laughs> and pe people following and you know it it could be with uh, you know there could be a real positive vibe and a huge atmosphere that builds behind the next the next one. You know if it's done the right way. 
Bond found himself back in his own bed. He had not missed the next day. He was so happy he danced around his bedroom, as if he was advertising Belvedere vodka. I am as light as Nicknack. I am as merry as Milton Crest. I am as giddy as Valdo Obrachev. Bond looked out of his window and saw a small child walking past. What's today? Why, today is James Bond Day. I haven't missed it. There's no point living if you can't feel alive. Do you know if they've sold that prize quiche at the market? Uh, uh, no, sir. It's, uh, it's hanging there now. Bond threw down a gold sovereign and demanded that the boy buy it for him. He then visited the family of Bond fans from all around the world who were chatting about the character they loved. They were all so amazed and happy to see him and forgot all about the bad-mouthing of his demise and worries about what they'd do next with the character and franchise. Bond took out the quiche from the oven and handed out wine with Stacy and all the others. He then got their attention with something they had long wanted to hear. The name's Bond. James Bond. And I will return. I think it's it's time we ended the Christmas feast. <laughs> Put away the wine and the figs and all the other, <laughs> all the other and we just sat back and watched the man with the golden gun. Woo! <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> Bless your hearts. We have all the time in the world. The name's Bond, James Bond. Good night. Good Merry, night. Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Merry Christmas. God bless us. Everyone. <laughs> God bless us, Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.